Hello and welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joe Nieves. And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuiper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified. My kid's 19, so she's not really worried about the trick-or-treating thing as much as some families are, obviously, with little kids. So what the county has come out and said, and also what we've said here at Fort Meade and what Colonel Nyland has come out and said is, we're just discouraging trick-or-treating, the door-to-door traditional yeah. trick-or-treating. Um, but we're leaving it that. We're discouraging it. We've put out CDC guidelines as well as the county has on how to safely participate in Halloween activities. Uh, you can find ours on our, you know, our Fort Meade social media. Um, you can find the counties as well. Um, they're very much the same. We are looking forward to doing some fun alternative activities. And a big one that we're working on planning is a scavenger hunt, which will yep. be a lot of fun. We're gonna give uh, the Fort Meade families little tasks, little things they can do with just um, the, their families. They will be able to get out of the house a little bit to do some of these. And we're asking for pictures so that way we can see it and kind of share in the fun and just have a fun new way of celebrating the holiday this year. Yeah. And, and I know everybody's really looking forward to it. This is one of the more fun and interactive holidays um, out of the year. And I, and I know it's been a tough few months for everybody, you know, with, with the social distancing and, 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 you know, trying to stay at home rather than go out. So, you know, the scavenger hunt is nice. It's definitely a, a, a welcome alternative to, you know, to what the, this, the county has recommended, but yeah, lots of lots of fun ways um, to still celebrate, have fun, wear your costumes, be silly, be scary. Yeah. Um, when I was little, my brother used to decorate his bedroom and make it a haunted house just for me. So my brother and sister are quite a few years older than I am. So um, if my brother at 16 could decide that he's going to create me a haunted house in his bedroom and do all sorts of spooky, scary things, I think we can all manage to do something like this this year yeah. when there's a pandemic. So get creative um, and share pictures with us on our social media on Fort, Absolutely. Meade, Fort Meade's Facebook page. We wanna see your costumes, we wanna see your decorations um, and maybe the fun ways you're celebrating. Ready and resilient, two things you need to be a soldier or a civilian in the army. And to make sure that service members and civilians are at the top of their game physically, mentally, and spiritually is the R2 Performance Center. Heather Gatton, an R2 Performance Center Master Resilience Trainer and Performance Expert, is here today to tell us about this invaluable resource from the Army and how we can use it to make sure we are always ready to carry out the Army's mission. Thanks for joining us today, Heather. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Well, let's get right to it. What exactly is the R2 Performance Center? So R2 stands for the Ready and Resilient, so the Ready and Resilient Performance Center. Um, for the National Capital Region, we're hosted, or our host site is Fort Belvoir, but we cover the entire NCR, so all the way up to APG. Oh, wow. Sometimes um, we're helping out at Fort Lee, AP Hill, everything in D.C., Meade, all over the place. I don't remember officially, but I'm thinking we have like 32 offices at this point, CONUS and OCONUS, oh, um, wow. continuing to grow. So we're, wow. we're getting bigger. It's pretty awesome. That's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. So uh, what kind of uh, training and resources are available? 
Lots. Um, really, like I say, if you ever think that we might be able to help you, just give us a call and we probably can. <laughs> yeah. um, so we do have the 14 resilience skills that people receive from the Army and from soldiers that they typically get with their mandatory training every year. Um, so we train those. We train the eight Romeos for like to become the Master Resilience Trainer. But then we also have on the other side of our house the performance skills, and that's really where our background lies in performance psychology. So we have six performance skills. We also have academic performance skills. So for people who are going to Army schools, um, if you're going back to school, college, you know, sometimes it's been a while since you've been a student. Um, And since we do work with families, it also works with, you know, your dependents and your kids if they're struggling in school or could benefit from some skills. I feel like that could be like really valuable right now with all the um, remote learning and everything. So do you guys have anything that would help with stuff like that? Because I know a lot of our families are dealing with teaching their kids from home and it's a huge struggle. Yeah, definitely. So all of our skills can really be tailored to whatever people are struggling with. And, and I want to not necessarily always say struggle because it's not always a reactive thing. We want to also be proactive. So a lot of times when we talk about training these skills, it's giving you tools in your toolbox so that if something were to come up, you have ways to deal with them, but also taking your performances from good to great. So it doesn't always have to be like, I'm having a really hard time. Let me reach out. It's, hey, if you just want to get even a little bit better at whatever you're doing, like we're there for that as well. So if we're just like sitting around here and Joe and I are like, we just want to get more awesome. Yeah. Let's call R2 Performance and see how we can do it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We're training to be more awesome. (laughs) If you're just like, hey, you know, I could use a little more awesomeness, then let's do it. Let's get call R2 and and do it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean. Coming next episode will sound like the announcers at like a Bulls game or something, you know. (laughs) Here's your starting lineup, you know. Wouldn't that be funny? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, so we have the resilient skills. We have performance skills. We also train like leadership style skills, team building. Um, we do a training on pro-social behavior and bystander intervention called Engage. We do all sorts of stuff. So who exactly can benefit from the R2 Performance Center? Basically anyone who wants to get any better. It's tied to the Army in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Um, so it could be Active duty soldiers, guard, reserve, could be retirees. It can be all of those people's dependents, so spouses, their kids. Um, Really anyone, DA civilians, DOD civilians, all have access to our resources. And we really love to have a variety of people, like soldiers and family and kids. It's really great to see a variety um, of people come use our services. It's pretty awesome. And what about... You know, Fort Meade has a lot of non-Army folks hanging around here. Are you open to the other branches at all? Yes. Um, So in some way, shape, or form, other branches also have their version of resilience training um, that I'm not necessarily, like, really tied into what all they provide. So there are those resources, but oftentimes if it's not, say, like, a Navy installation, like, that resource may or may not be there. So at Meade, they may not be here. Um, And because it is an Army installation that we cover, we're definitely willing to help out anyone who's in the Fort Meade family as well. Awesome. Okay. So, um, so what's the process for, for connecting with R2 and using their services? How do I sign up? 
So for the NCR area in particular, you would contact our um, performance center manager, which his name is Matt Sawyer. We can get you that email address for him and phone number. Um, so you would contact him. He would kind of ask a couple vetting questions, like what's going on? What kinds of things are you interested in? And if you don't really know, he'll kind of help you out. He knows all the skills. And the great thing is that he was previously in the Army. He's in the Guard right now. And so he is really helpful at tying the military perspective to what we do and kind of helping you figure out the best course of action. And then he'll talk to some of the performance experts and kind of see, like, who would be the best fit with that organization. We want to make sure that the performance expert and the organization will like mesh well together. Right. So he'll kind of see like who would be best with that organization. And then he'll put us, the performance experts in contact with whoever reached out. And then as the PEs, we will ask some similar vetting questions and we'll figure out like, what are some challenges you're experiencing currently? Um, what events do you have coming up that could help? or could benefit from using some of our services. And then we'll kind of cherry pick what skills will work best and then tailor it to that organization. So you're saying organization. So is this meant for larger groups or can individuals call, especially I'm thinking of like family members that might want to use your services, but not might not be part of a, like, how does that work? Yeah. So we actually train any size group. Okay. So we call them mastery sessions if it's a one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it'd be the similar process reaching out to Mr. Sawyer. He would say, hey, who would work really well with this individual? And then get you linked up with them. Um, but it can be a group of one. So just one person, one-on-one, -on -one, but it can also be really large groups. Okay. Once it gets to larger groups, we just bring in more team members to help like manage and facilitate the group. Um, so okay. really any size. Okay, cool. So Joe and I, we can have our awesome training. Yeah, awesome. just a two-man yeah. or right. two-person, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two-person training. We could be battle buddies together. That's right. Sounds good. <laughs> I love it. So, um, so what's the cost associated with using R2? It's my favorite thing to tell people because it's free. Yeah. Yay. And everybody's always like, okay, like, how much is it going to cost? And I'm like, it doesn't. So because it sounds super expensive. Yeah. It in the civilian world, it, it is exactly. extremely expensive. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that yeah. in the civilian world, I know some people who do similar things, and I've looked at their workshops. I'm like, nope. <laughs> it <laughs> could. It's really expensive, and I'm not trying to degrade the value of what they do, but it's very expensive. And, it is know. very expensive. It's very like boutique, like a niche market right. that sports psychology is right. in, and so yeah. if someone is doing this as a private practice, it could be a couple hundred dollars an hour depending on where you live, um, and your insurance doesn't cover that. It's right. not like counseling where right. you get it's, insurance, yeah. so it's on your own out of pocket. Um, so I always tell people like, lucky for you all, you don't have to pay hundreds of dollars. Right. It's completely free. free. And it's like one of those huge benefits from the Army. I've never, until our boss told me to reach out to you and talk to you. I'd never even heard of the R2 Performance Center. You know, my dad retired from the Army. Um, that was many years ago, so I don't know how long <laughs> you guys have been in existence. And, I, you know, we've been here a couple of years, and mm -hmm. this yeah. just sounds like something that should kind of everybody should just know about. Yeah, everybody should know about that. Yeah, I wish everyone did know. I was formerly at Fort Bragg, and the R2 Performance Center has been there for many, many, many years. The program's been around for 12 years at this point. Oh, wow. um, and even people who had been at Fort Bragg for many years didn't know that they had an R2 performance center on the installation. Yeah. 
And so, especially if you don't have one at your installation, like we cover all of NCR, it makes it even harder because we don't have a face or a presence in office, you know, like on that installation. So a lot of times people find out about us through word of mouth. They they see a training happening outside or something. They're like, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, and so that's... It's funny. I was stationed there seven years ago when I was still active duty. Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me sad, but we're working on it. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're, and we're happy to use this platform to help. So when I was perusing the website, you guys had lots of videos um, that you could kind of watch and kind of get almost like a on-the-spot little session. So is there anything that you can share with us, any little session you can give us and those listening to us today to kind of help us just be a little bit more awesome? Yes. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I'm think it's great. We're actually replacing resilience with the word awesome. We're doing awesome yes, training. Yes. <laughs> awesome training. It's funny. So I'm sorry, resilience. the Army's worked really, really hard on, on that. I shouldn't do that, but I just really think of it that that's what we're doing, right? Yeah. Is, yeah. is we're, we're just making sure that we're continuing to be awesome. We yeah. Know. And sometimes resilience has like this bad, like meaning and behind it, it and it shouldn't, it should right? Absolutely so it's like, not. It's awesome training. We're just getting better, you yeah, know. Right, like, exactly. That's all it is. The two we words are interchangeable. The, we got to make that into an acronym that works. We got. It might take us some time, but we got to come what, up. What awesome? Awesome. We got to turn oh, that into okay. an acronym. Yeah. <laughs> of course we do. Of course we do. Every, there's an acronym for everything. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Which we're actually going to talk about an acronym. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Asked about yeah, exactly. skill. That was perfect. Um, so one thing that we do, we want to talk about setting goals and really working to achieve them. I don't know about you all, but I've set like many New Year's resolutions. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and they're <laughs> and they're dead by mid-January. <laughs> right. And we're about to make some more. <laughs> and it's hard right now too. Like, I mean, it's really hard to make goals and stuff when you're just kind of yeah. stuck staring at the same walls of your house mm-hmm. every day and yeah. you can't really get out that much. I mean, it's getting a little bit better, but you're still kind of challenging. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's really important now to even be like trying to set goals. Like we do, we are in this weird world and we feel kind of like stagnant. And so like if we can set some goals and then achieve them, like that's really helpful for our mental health, our physical health. Um, And so the WHOOP model that we sometimes use with goal setting um, is pretty heavily researched. It was initiated by a lady named Gabrielle Utengen. Um, And WHOOP stands for Wish, Outcome, Obstacle, and Plan. Typically, you would work through this model in about five to ten uninterrupted minutes. You want to be able to just take a pause on your own to really work on it. Um, For the purpose of the podcast, we're just going to walk through it together, and you all are going to share um, each of your components. Oh, no, you can't put the script on us. Oh, yeah, we're turning it around. It doesn't work like that. We do that to you, Heather. You don't get to do it to us. Okay, I'll play. Yes, we're turning it around because it'll be good for everyone to hear the whole process and, um, like, hear an example as we're walking through it. So it's going to be good. Um, so in general, you can think of a goal that whoop really works for something that you want to do in the next 24 hours, or it could be something in the next month. It's really up to you about the length of time. Um, for the, this purpose, let's think of something that's maybe going to take you a couple weeks, like to a month. Um, and so the first step is wish. And so just think of something that you want to accomplish. It can be personal, professional, um, interpersonal, and jot it down in about three to six words. Okay. 
So mm. I'll give you a second, and then you got to let me know in three to six words what you think your wish I is. I already know what my wish is. <laughs> okay, go for it. Okay, I'll let I'll let Joe uh, have a few more seconds to think about. But my wish is, my basement has kind of turned into this free for all garbage disposal, and my <laughs> wish is to get it organized because we want to remodel it. What a good time now that, you know, like COVID's going on, we're getting into like the fall. So you would write down like organized basement pre like model, like remodel or something okay, along yep. those lines. Cool. Joe, do you have one? Are yeah, you playing? Okay. Actually, um, I was doubting myself as to whether or not I could use it. And then Sherry mentioned her basement. I'm like, yes, <laughs> it does line up perfectly. It's my wish. I can, we can my, wish whatever we want. Mine exactly. is, no, no, no. Cause mine is the garage. It's the right? same yeah. problem. <laughs> yep. Same problem. Uh, we're not going to turn it into a room, but we definitely got to get it sorted out. Right. So mine is my garage. Okay, so organize the garage. Yeah. A lot of organization wishes yes. going on here. I'm yes. down for it. <laughs> All right, so your wish, you would write it down if, you know, someone was listening to three to six words. You want it to be relatively short. And you want it to be doable. You want it to be, like, somewhat challenging, something you actually have to think about and yeah. would be worthy of, you know, like, really working through a goal-setting model. Um, but you want it to make sure that it's something that you can actually achieve. You don't want to be, like... I can. Going too crazy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next piece is the first O. So we're looking at outcome. So what is the best possible outcome if you all were to achieve your wish? And how would it make you feel? Well, I would feel elated. Yeah, I'd be pretty happy. I'd, I'd, I'd feel very happy. Uh, but if I achieved the wish, the outcome would be that I have a basement that we can, ready to remodel. Yeah. That would be the ultimate outcome of cleaning out my basement. Yeah, best mm -hmm. outcome, like having the basement ready to be remodeled. Right. You would feel elated. You would be happy. Yes. Great. Yeah. Joe, is you similar? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be happy. I could park my car in my garage. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which is what it's there for. Right. <laughs> And then what you would want to do, and this is part of why you would normally do this uninterrupted, you want to take about 30 seconds to truly imagine what it would feel like mm. whenever you achieved that wish. See, I've done that like a hundred times in my head though. Like I've been thinking about how this is going to look when it's done for like ever. But is that like to help motivate you to do it? Yes. Like to get that. Okay. So almost like bringing something to being by envisioning it. Yeah. You yeah. want to envision it. And part of like what this model is like really researched and like based in is something called mental contrasting. Okay. So we're looking at the O of the outcome and we're going to contrast that with the O of the obstacle. Because so you said like, I've been imagining it like many, many times. Yeah. What you actually do if you only think about the benefits or like this great outcome is that you're sort of tricking your brain into feeling like you've already achieved it. And then you end up being less likely to take those steps and less right. motivated. Yeah. And like, that's what happens. But then on the flip side, if you only think about those obstacles and the things that are going to get in your way, you're already telling yourself that like, this is going to be really difficult. And so then again, you're not very motivated to take those first steps. Mm -hmm. And so you want to like contrast the two so that you can be realistic, not trick your brain one way or another, and still be motivated to move forward and take some action on your goal. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because now we get, to, we get to go to the other side and contrast. So with the uh, first O with, op or sorry, outcome, you want to not only say like, what's the best outcome? How would it make me feel? But then you want to kind of like relish in that moment of what it would feel like for mm -hmm. a little bit, imagine it. 
And then you want to go to the obstacle. Mm. So now what I want you all to do is think about what obstacle stands in your way. But I want you to think about what obstacle within yourself stands in your way. Before you even said that, I was going to say my laziness. (laughs) Yeah. My procrastination. We have a saying in the house that if you wait till the last minute, it only takes a minute. So I'm still waiting for that minute to come. (laughs) Or like you're wiser because you're a little bit older, so... Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. Yes, yeah. I'll be wiser I can tell <laughs> in you, a couple of weeks. My obstacle's a little little more uh, complicated. Mine is my wife's unhealthy addiction to Amazon shopping. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> okay. got Amazon boxes all over the garage. So you bring, up, you bring up this like obstacle that's really outside of you. Mm. And what we found is that it's a lot easier to come up with a plan and overcome an obstacle that's outside of us. It's much harder to do it if the obstacle is within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so like really try to like dig deep in this one and like think like what's going on within my own head that is going to stand in my way. So you've already said like this procrastination, like you just put it off and we want it to be like somehow like very short summarized three to six words. Um, So like for you, it sounds like some procrastination and it almost Joe sounds something Similar, oh, similar for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Like it's may not necessarily be the fact that the boxes are there, but it's yeah. like you personally don't necessarily feel like you can do what you want with those boxes. Well, like more, how to <laughs> I'm sure some of it is me making an excuse that mm. um that, you know, we're just gonna get more stuff over time and I'm just I'm just kicking the can down the road, you know. It's not, I'm probably made it sound worse than it is. <laughs> yes, I'm, t- I'm kind of picturing, Joe, like if I were to go to your house and open the garage door that just Amazon boxes would right. fall on me. <laughs> and have a land. situation where yeah. it's just like you can swim right. through and, a, a yes, sea of and boxes. Yes, and I picture your wife swimming through them to get to her new purchase. And you're just laying underneath them all, you know, and unable to move. And, you know, I'm sure like, you know, my basement looks like a garbage dump in your head, but it's, it's really not that bad. I think we, I think we perceive our stuff to be a little bit worse. We're always our own worst enemies, really. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And that's why like walking through a model like this can be helpful. And like, personally, when I've used this model, I've used it a lot with some like research I have to do for school. And it was a really big eye opener when I was asked the question, like, what's the obstacle within yourself? Because oftentimes I would be like, oh, it's, you know, like time with work or, you know, like my advisor, you know, like it's very outward. And when I really had to reflect in myself, like I realized that like I have for whatever reason, like this thought or belief about myself that like, I'm just not smart enough to get a PhD. And like that, it was like a huge eye opener to say like, wow, this is what the thought is inside my own head. And that is really attributing like everything, like why I procrastinate. So like you want to think about within yourself because once you can tackle like what the obstacle is really within yourself, then all of those other things outside of you seem like, oh, now I understand why I'm procrastinating, like that sort of thing. So that's why it's really important to think like what's going on within me, within my head that's standing in my way. And that's a lot harder to do. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah, it's, so it, it's hard, but yeah. it is very freeing once you figure it out. It is. Let me tell you from personal experience. Yes. Right. <laughs> in maybe, that moment, maybe I was not like, on cleaning out my basement, but <laughs> on other situations <laughs> that self-reflection is really important. Yeah. So again, with the obstacle, you want to condense it to about three to six words. Like jot that down, and then again, we want to spend about thirty seconds 
imagining what it's like when that obstacle comes up. So for me, it was like imagining those thoughts coming into my mm-hmm. head when I was thinking about working on my research. So right. take those that time, think about what would happen, what it looks like when that obstacle does arise in your life. So that mental contrasting, seeing both sides yes. of the coin. And then plan. So we think about the obstacle and we're kind of like, oh man, like here's these obstacles in our way. But the plan is where you're really figuring out how do I overcome that obstacle? Mm -hmm. And we use a when then statement. So when, insert your obstacle, like Mm -hmm. arises, then I will. And then what's the action you're going to take when that obstacle starts to come up? So take a second and think about for your obstacles, Mm. what when then statement would you create? I guess for me is when more boxes come. We're <laughs> um, <laughs> just picturing the avalanche. Yes. <laughs> then I will break the boxes down and put them in recycling sooner rather than later. Because that's really what it boils down to. Just not putting them away when I'm supposed to put them away. Okay, okay. let's get even like a little bit more specific. Like when a new box arrives, then I will break it down and like try to put like a little bit of a more specific time frame on it. Yeah. Like, is it something you want are going to do like every night before like trash night or recycling night or. Okay. Well, I mean, I can break them down immediately and then just put them in the, in the recycling pile immediately. So it's like, you know, we take the stuff out of the box, we break the box down, we put it in the pile correctly. Then we don't have to do it all later at one time. For a thousand boxes. Not that right. it's a thousand. <laughs> sure, no. But it feels like a thousand. I'm going to call your wife and be like, Your wife's going to listen garage. and be like, yeah, I do not it. shop that much. Yeah, yeah, be like, can, can you go take a picture of your garage real quick and send it to me? No reason. They're going to find me in the pile of boxes. <laughs> Asking for a friend. Just want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> so when a new box arrives, then I will break it down and put it in the recycling pile as soon as I possibly can. Sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Just like being a little bit more specific about that time frame so we don't procrastinate even more. <laughs> when I'm downstairs cleaning the basement and I come across my husband's items, then I will sort it for him and I will focus on my stuff and then sort his. So it's like when I come across my husband's things, then I will throw out the things that are obvious, but sort and keep Keep everything else. The rest yeah. for him to go through. Yes. Yeah, that totally works. Yeah. With this win-then statement, this plan that you're making, yeah. you're doing a little bit right. that you know is okay and still leaving the rest for him, and right. it's manageable for you and manageable for him too. Right. So that's totally great. That works. Right. right. Yeah. I also left out the other... <laughs> I got to tell you this. And whether this stays in the podcast <laughs> or not will be determined, but... I'm also kind of terrified to go in my basement because Don't last, tell me you're scared. last like, year we had like six big old black snakes living oh, down there. Oh, okay. And they clay, oh, yeah. Gosh. And so we had to take, like, do a lot of stuff. So I feel my heart racing about I know, right? <laughs> so that's actually why my basement is a disaster because we had to move everything like into the center so they could take down all of the um, insulation and stuff because mm. apparently that was like. Where giving them a place staying. to stay. Oh my yeah. gosh. And so they claim they got everything. I'm like, how do oh, they know? Yeah. So I go down there by myself and I'm a little like, and like, I'm not like, 
It sounds like I'm terrified of snakes. I'm not terrified of snakes. If I'm anywhere else in the world, if, like, I see a snake on the sidewalk, I'll walk right up to it. But the idea that it could, like, fall out of my rafters as one did when the mm. exterminators were there or oh my hiding gosh. in a corner, um, I don't know that my heart could take that. See. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, just, I just, not that I have a bad heart. I didn't mean it like that. But, like, I just, I'm really terrified that something's going to slither out of me somewhere and That'll be it, and I'll be done. And <laughs> it's like the surprise factor, yeah, like you know, it's like popping yeah. out at you, I, right? Yeah. And I actually like make my teenage daughter go down in the basement first and come with <laughs> oh. me. Like, she, yeah, I know, mother of the year, but she doesn't care. She's like, okay, whatever. But yeah, crickets freak her out. So that's a whole other, you know, situation. You're like, but I got the crickets. Like, you deal with the you snake deal with situation. The snakes, but We're good. But yeah, so that's part of it too. Is like I am like legitimately like every time I go downstairs, I can my skin starts to crawl because I'm like. <laughs> I know they said they got it, but <laughs> I don't know. So if my husband's with me, you know, he's a big, bad Marine. He can deal with the snakes. See, I, I'm glad you, you you clarified what made you afraid of going in the basement. I thought you were going to tell me, like, your furnace was haunted or something. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Snakes, it, much worse. It was, it was, <laughs> it was actual, yeah, so, so not, that, not that you care, but I want to tell you. Anyway, we, we, I thought it was, like, one. And my husband's like, no, there's no snakes in the house. And I went, and we have one of those, uh, we have this water filter thing that you have to dump the salt in. And mm. I saw uh-huh. the dang thing go right by me. I dropped the bag, and I ran upstairs. Ran. And then I made my daughter go look, and she goes, how many did you see? I'm like, what are you, what are you talking what about? You and she's like, I saw at least two. Ooh. So at oh that point, uh, we're renting, so I called the landlord. Well, first of all, I called my husband. I'm like, no snakes. And then he sends me all these Indiana Jones snake pick snake. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> pictures Why did it have to and be i'm snakes? like yeah i'm like thanks <laughs> um and i called the landlord took it out and so within and they they i think they pulled out like five Ooh. snakes so that gives me yes. a heebie-jeebies it does it does <laughs> it's like i knew we had one out around Pretty the house but obstacle. i was i was like look like you just stay here and i'll stay there and it's cool um but no decide to move into the house and start her little snake family <laughs> so then when you come up with your plan you got to get a fedora a satchel and a whip Oh, I do. So you can Indiana yeah. Jones your basement. Yes, or maybe I could. My plan could just be to call the exterminator back and just make sure that there really There's are no snakes too. in there. I'm There's like terrified. I'm going to open a box and like find something in there that I don't want to find. Of course, yeah. And so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next time your husband is home on the weekend, you just have him like pull out some boxes, like open them up, and then yeah, and bring them upstairs, and then I'll go through them. He and can kind of like pre-check for you and then the next time you go down there then you're like okay he's already looked i mean very real obstacle i'm not saying obstacles like outside of us or even such as snakes are not real obstacles they totally are yes (laughs) i mean and these things were huge and my husband was there when the exterminators were there and some of the exterminators i mean they were just kids they were like i'm like you're in the wrong field if um, if you guys can't handle this. So yeah, maybe I'm sure they were thinking like cockroaches and like silverfish or something. And then like they come up and there's like, oh, they have to do snakes. with snakes now. And they're like, this is not what I signed yeah, up for. Well, <laughs> I didn't sign up for it either, buddy. This so is this I'm, is how I go. A bunch of snakes in the basement. <laughs> anyway. So the last thing about plan. So you made your win then statement. Uh, the last thing for a plan is that now you take time to imagine the obstacle coming up and then imagine you... No, I don't want to imagine snakes <laughs> in my basement. Well, maybe not the snakes <laughs> obstacle. Maybe more we'll focus on like your husband's boxes obstacle and that leading to some procrastination. Um, so you want to imagine that obstacle coming up and then you want to imagine yourself enacting your plan that you came up with. 
So again, like you're imagining the, the, the door and <laughs> snakes. Indiana Jones that basement. That's right. I will. <laughs> so like seeing yourself like just as soon as a package comes in, like opening it up, breaking down that box and just putting it in the pile right away. When we go through and we actually take the time to imagine the outcome, the obstacle, and then us enacting the plan, we're way more likely to use that plan whenever it does come up mm-hmm. and to still be motivated to work toward whatever that wish is. So, um, again, that's why like the five to 10 uninterrupted minutes like works yeah. really well. Um, but you, us to like walk through it and give an example is also really fun. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> so whatever it is that you're wishing to get done, whether it's a house project or, or just other goals in life, you know, you, use the WHOOP method. Yes. And see if you can figure out a, a faster way to get there or a clear path at least to get there and, and, and go be resilient and awesome. And it really only takes a couple minutes. And like I said, I get something you can use if you have a lot of tasks to get done in a day. Um, it's still important to think about the obstacles in my stand way of getting those yeah. things done. It's something that like if you're looking a month, two months out, you can still use WHOOP. And one of my coworkers always makes the joke that since it only takes a couple minutes, you can whoop while you poop. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty <That's> great. <laughs> we like to have a sense of humor. Like, <laughs> all right, this is really funny. People love it. Um, Should I take a pen and paper in next time so I can write it all out? I mean, I mean we're I'm always on our phones, I mean, right? What else, what else are you doing? Yeah. And there's <laughs> a there's a Whoop app, and so you can have the app on your phone, there and you, you can go. be whooping while you're doing your business. <laughs> Uh, there's also a website if you want to do it on your computer, maybe not in the bathroom, <laughs> but yeah, like whoop, whoopmylife.com. So, and it walks you through step-by-step step. and we also have like pre-printed, um, worksheets and we also made them like fillable PDF files too, that we can send to people that they can fill out on their own as well. Well, Heather, thank you so much for sharing this with us. I know Joe and I got some work to do at home. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. We got some things to do. Um, and, but thank you for sharing this this one method, this is just one example of yes. the many, many things that the Resilient and Ready Center, Performance Center rather, does and that you can have access to for free. Yes, for free. Yes. And we want to be busy. So yes. the Army wants us to be awesome. <laughs> yes. And Heather <laughs> wants to be busy. So let's just let's just do it. Keep me busy. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. The R2 Performance Center sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, and that, that was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was great to hear about Whoop. I think uh, I think that's going to help uh, a lot of people, even with just like basic things, like you know the normal things you have to do in life. Well, and I think it's great because you hear like R two Performance Center, and you think this big army thing that you can't touch, and anybody can get access. As Heather said, yeah. you know, it can be one person, it can be small groups, it can be whole units, and they can really tailor to your needs. And I thought that was really great. So I just hope that everybody's listening, you know, to find the R2 Performance Center. Just Google R2 Performance Center. It pops right up. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely get connected with that. And that exercise was pretty fun too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I dug way deeper than I wanted to in cleaning (laughs) out my basement. (laughs) It was definitely a little probably more personal than we probably intended for it to be, but it it was pretty cool. (laughs) Heather definitely flipped the script on us. I was not expecting her to be like, okay, so I'm going to walk you through it, but we should have expected that. That's literally her job. Yeah. That's what she does. Um, So, everybody, I hope you got some great stuff out of that. And Joe is going to go clean up some boxes. I am going to go clean up my mess in the basement. 
And again, R2 Performance Center, Google it, and you can um, have access to all their, as I like to say, awesome stuff. So go be awesome. That's it for today's episode of Fort Meade Declassified. Connect with us on Digital Meade, the Garrison's new home for news and events. You can find it on our website at home.army.mil forward slash Meade, where you can also find up-to-date information on COVID-19.